0: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, what's Garibaldi Red as we reflect on Nottingham Forest for so many years marooned in the championship, drawing with the champions of England in a Premier League league match. So join me to discuss the sights, sound and emotions of Nottingham Forest 1,
1: Manchester City 1. First of all, our Reds fan and Forza Garibaldi's Greg Mitchell. Greg, how are you? Yeah, good. I've took a minute away from watching the highlights for about the thousandth time. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm good. I've watched that goal plenty of times. We'll discuss it in depth, I'm sure. Second guest today is Michael Temple. Tempts you well?
2: Good, mate. It's my birthday today and I'm just getting over football, boxing, casino, which, uh, yeah, felt like a good idea at the time.
0: Did you confess to Mrs Temple about the casino bit at the end or not?
2: Uh, I don't think she watches this. so No, like a little <laughs> secret between us boys. <laughs> Excellent.
0: And third guest today, returning to the podcast, is Darren Fletcher. Fletcher, you good?
3: Very good. Thank you. Happy birthday, Temps.
0: Yes. Happy birthday, Temps. Uh, I mean, uh, actually, Temps, you want to start us off? I've written here just overall thoughts on the game, but also the noise
2: and the atmosphere and the, the sense of celebration coming out of the ground. Well, first thing I want to say is just credit to the gaffer for setting us up how we needed set up to get something out of the game because. He said afterwards, we sacrificed our ideals in sitting off and so we weren't going to have much of the ball first half. He selected Jack colback He did some quite bold things that because of the, the standing that he has, because of the results we've had in recent weeks, everyone was right behind him. It was loud. We got behind the team. We saw the sense in the setup, And most importantly, we had that barb at the end. So a, a great day. I think the boys carried out their instructions to the letter. We should be really proud of that performance. Greg, uh,
0: what about just the, like I said, the the noise after Forrest scored? I mean, it's up there with as loud as I've heard in the game. You go to more games than me, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it felt like a
1: special moment for the club. You just knew something was on the cards at half time when they all got clapped off to a man. You know, 1-0 down, late goal, perfect time to score for them. And the whole crowd stood up and appreciated what they'd just seen. They'd just seen fifteen percent possession, and you know, backs against the wall. But then, like you say, the atmosphere. Once Holland missed that chance, and you saw the Clough stand stand up, and you saw the Trent end stand up, and you're like, God, something's going to happen here. And you know, I've like I say, I've watched every clip, I've listened to every clip a thousand times, and the, the best one's the being sports one. Where they just stop talking and they show the trend and they show the clough stand, and for me it was it was you know it was as emotional as that <laughs> Sheffield United game. It beat the Liverpool game this year. You just had to take a breath and take it all in. You saw Cooper on the sideline almost breathe out and go right in his head. Bloody hell, what is happening here? And it was just special. It was one of the most memorable moments. That atmosphere when we get going. I know it wasn't for the ninety minutes, but. God, when it goes the city ground, it's just unbelievable.
0: Fletch, uh, there was kind of a bit of, it felt like a bit of snobbery about the way Forrest went about it. People kind of taking the mickey out of having 15% possession. And I see you tweeted Gary Lineker after he made some about hard having a kick. But it doesn't matter, does it? The way Forrest went about it, I thought, was brilliant. And Steve Cooper deserved so much credit, as Temp said.
3: Yeah, I think Forrest fans took the Gary Lineker thing the wrong way. I mean, Gary would... Gary would love the fact that Forrest did what they did and he, he would love the fact that they got the goal from as close as they did to get an equaliser in the circumstances because he made a career of it. Look, I, I, I think um, we can look at statistics and all that. I mean, fine, whatever the possession is and whatever it is. I think one thing he said to me, again, is how tactically brave the manager is. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. We, we, we often say that Premier League teams need brave players to receive the ball in any situation when they're under threat? And have you got the technical ability and the bravery to do it? You also need to be a brave manager to set yourself up in certain situations in certain games. I wonder how many Premier League managers would have had the bottle to give Jack Colback a start. Jack's been doing great off the bench. But to actually look at it and say, I'm going to be brave enough to do that today against the champions of England, the best team in Europe, potentially. I'm going to do that. And to then... Have the bravery to say, I'm going to trust my team to give the ball to the opposition, but still find a way to be in the game for the last 20 minutes. Where, by the way, regardless of what anybody says, we had a good go for the last 20 minutes and played some good stuff. So that, that shouldn't be forgotten about either. I dread to think what the possession stats were at that point, because we actually had the ball for a bit then. So it wouldn't have been even more lopsided. But I just think it, it's this. It's, we've seen it on more than one occasion this season. He, he was brave enough early in the season to go from a three at the back to a back four. He did that and he, he, got, the, he got the rewards for doing it. And now we've seen it in an isolated game that he, he's been prepared to make personnel changes, set them up in a way, get the rewards. And I think it's just so refreshing that we have a brave, bright coach who clearly gives every game plan a tremendous amount of thought and I think without that due diligence and that ability to look at all the minutiae of a game, I don't think we'd have as many points as we have. So I think it's full credit to the players for digging in, but I think a lot of credit goes to him for having the the foresight and the balls to go, I'm gonna do this, be brave enough to do it. Managers like that deserve the rewards they get.
0: And temp excuse me, temps to now it gives Cooper the chance to go back into that changing room thank the players. They can see that the game plan works. They can believe that the manager is an elite-level coach because some players are coming to the club, they might not have known Steve Cooper before they came here, like Felipe and players like that. And the collective belief this could give Forrest now, I mean, it, it could be. It's, I know it's only a point, but it could be a real massive point come the end of the season.
2: Although the players have felt that for a long time. I think he he convinced the core of that squad very quickly that he had, as, as you say, elite level processes and, and put the uh, the imagination to do what needed to be done in, in any given game. There's there's plenty of scenarios from the last 18 months that demonstrate that quite clearly. And I think what he's done that others have struggled is he's kept the squad involved. He's made them ready to play when they come in, kept them motivated. And there's been no dissenting voices from that, that group of players at any club at any given time who find themselves outside of the 11. And I think that's one of his greatest strengths. He's a communicator, isn't he? It's often spoke about how well he talks to young people, how he might have a different chat with Brennan than he would have with um, Remo Freuler. So I don't think anybody um, listening to this is going to disagree when I say that we're really lucky to have the manager that we've got. We're part of the reason why he survived that wobble before the World Cup when he was under pressure internally from certain factions at the club. But they've come to the right conclusion They've backed him again in another transfer window. We're definitely going to have a manager now who starts and ends a season at Nottingham Forest, and that can only be a good thing. We'll get into the specifics of the game
0: shortly, but I mean, there's a couple of players to single out, I suppose. I mean, obviously, I think Navas was excellent and he inspires a lot of confidence, but the centre halves, Greg, uh, you're Felipe's number one fan already, but also got to be delighted for Joe Worrells putting that performance against Haaland after Haaland gave him a going over. Like the Etihad, as he's given so many defenders. It was a great day for those
1: two halves under pressure coming into the size they did at Fulham. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> starting with Felipe, he is a Champions League quality player, just like the goalkeeper behind him. And when Joe Worrell plays with, you know, a centre half next to him, that's probably like technically better than him. It just brings him out. You know, we've read so much rubbish about Worrell the last few weeks. Stuff that, you know, people have been backing him for years and years and he's the club captain and you think, what are you talking about? Never want to see him play and stuff like this. He showed on Saturday why he's got the potential and he should be in the team and he should be playing. But Felipe being alongside him just gives him that confidence. And, you know, you, you saw you saw the goal. Warrell and Felipe, like heavily involved at the back, giving us that confidence, being calm on the ball, just easy passes. It was brilliant. It was so good to see and I'm so happy for him because he is the club captain and he should be playing. And even when these injuries are back, I hope he, he wins his place and keeps his place in that team.
0: Hmm. And the turnover of centre-halves this season, Fletcher, has been ridiculous with, through injuries, really. So for them to to put that performance together, they can't, I mean, they can't have even trained that much together, apart from this week, really, and that Fulham game, uh, to go up against Haaland, De Bruyne dropping into those spaces... you need a bit of luck in those games, I accept, but I think Forrest more than earned it and those two were outstanding, weren't they?
3: Just just a question to the people who don't think Joe should be in the team. Who the hell's going to play centre-back then?
0: Aurier, I
1: think, was a shout. Yeah, someone someone genuinely (laughs) said that
3: instead. I don't want to alienate people in the city that I call home, but if your suggestion is Serge Aurier to play centre-back and not Joe Warren, I wouldn't go because you're clearly not understanding the way the game is. And why is it right? Why is it? And it really winds me up. Why is it that we expect the players from our academy, and the three people that have received criticism this season have been our academy players more than anybody else? Why do they expect players from our academy to be Premier League ready straight away? So early in the season, Ryan right, Yates yeah, not good enough. Ryan right, Yates yeah, not good enough. Technically not good enough. Oh yeah. Hey? Which Forest fan now wouldn't have Ryan Yates in the team? Brennan Johnson. Oh, he's this, that, and the other. Brennan Johnson this, Brennan Johnson that, Brennan Johnson the other. Brennan Johnson is going to finish the season with double figures in his first Premier League season at the age of 21. Go and give me another player. Chelsea have just, bought well, Newcastle, just paid 45 million quid for Anthony Gordon. He can't get on the pitch. If you said to me, do you want Brennan Johnson or Anthony Gordon, I'm taking Brennan Johnson. Joe Warren. What is wrong with Joe Warren? I mean, why do we do our players down? Why are we doing it as a fan base? What are we doing? And it is a minority. The people that get it, get it. I understand that Joe Laurel isn't John Stones in terms of distribution with the ball. Club captain, defends, gives everything for the club. And by the way, might just need a year to 18 months to round off the edges and become a Premier League player. Because players cost a lot of money sometimes and need a year to settle into the Premier League. But we can't give our academy graduates, um, um, and lads who would absolutely die for the cause, an opportunity to grow into Premier League players. We've got to be better than that, because these people care and they are valuable parts of what this club is trying to achieve in the Premier League. And I find it astonishing that there are players who have come to the club in the summer who haven't performed as well as those three, who get a free pass. And I think people need to wake up and have a little sniff of the coffee, look at it for what it is. These are still developing footballers. They're not the finished article. By any stretch of the imagination, Ryan, Joe, Brennan, they will be better, even better. And they've all contributed this season. And it winds me up that those three, by a section, get targeted. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right. And I also think it's who you're playing with. Joe Worrell next to Felipe is going to be an entirely different player than Joe Worrell against other people, because Felipe isn't just the Champions League defender. He's a very good Champions League defender. I covered at Atletico Madrid's run for a few seasons now, and he was a starting centre-back for Diego Simeone in a team that regularly got to quarterfinals and semifinals. And you regularly got on the plane to come home from Madrid and say, didn't Felipe have a good game against the very best strikers in Europe? Now, you think about the learning that Joe's going to do on the training pitch and on the pitch next to him. And I'd also just like to make the point as well that everybody's gone Navas crazy. Let's not forget the role that Dean Henderson's played this season and how many points that he's helped the club win. And the saves that Navas has made since he's been here have been excellent. But they're only saves that Dean would have made as well. And I think the manager's got a real issue when Dean Henderson's fit, because my belief would be that his body of work should get him back into the team. Now, that might not be a popular decision, but we're all just getting a little bit carried away. I said to someone the other day, Give me a world-class save that Navas has made. He's had a great start. He's been brilliant. I'm not criticising him in any way, shape or form because he's been superb. But let's just remember what Dean Henderson's done as well this season and not just kick him to the curb because the fella's got three Champions League medals. Let's look at this as a whole and let's look at the role everybody's playing in this journey because it's not just about, oh, well, he's my favourite because we bought him for X from X. So let's have a dig at the kid from the academy because he's an easy target. And let's also remember the roles that different people have played up to this point of the season and not have this short-term memory issue where we forget. Hmm. Because everybody's contributing in certain ways. And I think the Henderson-Navas situation is going to be a big problem for Steve. Because, uh, by the way, let, let's look at it this way too. We don't know the answer to this. But do Forrest want to buy Dean Henderson? Because Keylor-Navas is going back to Paris at the end of the season. He's here for six months and that's that. If they want to buy Dean Henderson, Dean Henderson might have to play. And the crowd might have to go, OK, he's done great for us too. And I think this is... These are questions moving forward that everybody's going to have to get their head round, have a look at it and go, yeah, I see that. Hmm. That's we're taking every game at the minute as a microcosm. We're all giddy because Forrest got a draw in Manchester City. And I'm one of you, by the way. I was giddy when they got a draw against <laughs> Manchester But They've not stopped talking about it in my house all weekend. But it's a big picture to look at. Dean might be back for Everton. What do you do? Mm. If it was me, put him in the team. I think he's deserved it. Mm. I think it's yeah. harsh if you lose your place to an injury. Yeah, that's, that's just what I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, Navas did save one full in the balls from the port. That was <laughs> save.
3: Did, it, did, 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 did he mean to do it or did it hit him there? <laughs>
0: I think it is in if you meant to. So, that he's a very brave man. So
3: you can stick a line through that one, can't you? Because no, would have been in the same place. Nobody would have said I'm a world class goalie. He would have a said actually,
0: I, fella Navas's best save for me was the first save he made for the club against Leeds that one three right. minutes in. <coughs> right. But what yeah,
3: saying is, would, would you expect Dean to make that save?
0: Well, I wouldn't expect Wayne Hennessy to make it, but yeah, I would. Didn't ask you
3: that. I didn't ask no. you that, did that. Would you expect Dean to make that save? Go back to Wolves in the League Cup. The saves he was making in that game.
2: Yeah, he was great in that game. Superb. Yeah.
3: Now, look, look. I'm, I'm not trying to cause a, an argument, but we can't just be drilling down on 190 minutes and go, right, the whole of the season is kind of encapsulated there. This is a, a huge tapestry. Mm-hmm. But I would go back to the point. I, I, I really find it unsavoury. The, the, the question and a constant question and criticism of those three lads who have come through the academy. And Yates, at the minute, is Mr Popular. But but people need to remember what was being said about him in the early games of the season. Yates, not good enough, got to be better. We've got to get behind these these young people because they are the lifeblood of the club. They're the bedrock of what it's all going to be built on. They are our identity and the connection between that academy building and the crowd. They are... They are one of us, to all intents and purposes. They would be stood there with a scarf on, watching the game if they weren't part of that squad. And we have to cherish that and remember that. I think that's that's something that we have to do. And the majority of supporters do, but the minority, I think, need to have a think about it.
0: Uh, I know Temps wants to come in. I'm just going to make one quick moral point. I wanted to get in. I mean, to me, you mentioned John Stones. I don't think he's ever going to be John Stones, that kind of elite, ultimate Premier League defender. But I think if he was to aim to be with a season or so, like a Tarkovsky or a Cody or a Tyrone Mings, someone who you would say that's a Premier League defender and they've got some England caps. I think to me, that's kind of what what Worrell could aim at with consistency in a run of games. I think he's good enough to do that. I mean, all these Premier League clubs that were scouting him for years and looking at him, he's obviously got quality and it hasn't been the perfect season for him, but I think he showed on Saturday and in quite a lot of games what what he can do. Temps, you wanted to come in, sorry.
2: I was going to pile him on the back of that. So, Brennan Johnson has scored or assisted eight of our last nine goals. That's how important he is to this side. Yatesy has evolved immeasurably since the start of the season and we're missing him from this side. Joe Worrell had a lifelong ambition to captain Forrest in the Premier League. He's doing it. It means everything to him. Uh, there's people queuing up on Saturday when he was at the boxing to ask him if Erling was still in his pocket. He was, he was bored of hearing it. He had a really good game at the weekend alongside Felipe. The most important thing that Fletch said there, these are our connection to this side. These three boys have wanted to play for Forest as much as we have since they were nine years old. They're doing it now. And when Yatesy scores, the place goes ballistic because it's like one of the fans has scored. I would back all of those three boys to be part of the reason why we're going to stay up this year and to be part of the reason why we're going to kick on next year. I'll take Fletch on a little bit on the Navas Henderson thing. I don't think that's clean cut. I think Navas has been excellent since he came in. He could maybe be slightly disappointed with the Bernardo Silver goal at the weekend. You could have an argument that, that that may have gone through him there. I know is probably two, three weeks away from being back in contention. That's going to be a hell of a decision for Cooper to make and, and one that I wouldn't fancy making. I don't think there's a bad call. They're both great keepers. But Navas, for me, arguably was man of the match at the weekend. Was man of the match after 35 minutes against Leeds. Hopefully, this will bring even more out of Hendo and that'll be temps, a good battle in training. That,
3: that, that against Leeds was as much down to the shortcomings of the people in front of him as it was him. Yeah, and,
1: made, and the save, made the safe save. You don't
3: want too many situations like that the rest of the way. That's that's Kayla Nav has to say thank you. He's just calling him down. <laughs> <ten>. Yeah. <laughs> Going on, he said, Tensor's back me. I've said it. I've <laughs> said it. Kayla, I'm
2: backing you.
0: Uh, I'll take temps on a bit. I mean, I don't think he could have saved that goal. Fletcher, was there anything Forrest could have done to prevent that Bernardo Silva goal?
3: You can always prevent a goal. Any coach would tell you that. Well, again, I, I'm one that says, don't get bogged down in the minutiae. Look at the body of work. And I, I think Dean Henderson's body of work, if you think back to... They, they'll give a statistic out at some stage this season of how many points he saved the club. And anybody who's watched will know what those games are you know, it's the penalty save against West Ham way back when that prevents a draw becoming a win. You start to knock the points off. And I know that people sometimes look at his kicking and, and the disappointment that he's not Edison or Alisson, but the truth is there aren't many in the world that are. And I wouldn't exactly say that Navas is Edison or Alisson with his feet either. But I look at the shot-stopping ability of the pair of them and I, I don't think there's enough of a, a gap to not give Dean his place back. I think he's deserved it. Because let's look at it this way. Had we not had a goalkeeper of that quality while he was fit, before Navas came, Forrest would be in the bottom three now. They wouldn't be where they are. And we can't forget that because we like the new one who comes in. That we get, oh, he's my new favourite. We've got to look at it logically and remember what the fella did before. And he was outstanding in the main. We never really walked off too many grounds this season, and Greg, I mean, you travel all the time with them, and, and you've never got back in the car and gone. Dean Henderson cost us that today, but a lot of the time you got in the car and say, "We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got that if it wasn't for Dino." And, and just because he's been out for two or three weeks and a new fella's come in and done well, I don't necessarily think that means that you've got a new first choice number one. I think that. The fella that's injured when he's back has still got first dibs on that shirt. Listen, Can American, I American see it completely different. Might give it numbers. Might never see Dean Anderson again. I just, I, I don't think that will be the case.
2: Can I
1: give you uh, my, my, my perfect scenario here? Uh, I love Dean Anderson. If we sign Dean Anderson next year, I will be absolutely delighted because he's not going to be playing for Man U. But I feel like he's already cemented his worthiness of being signed. And until Navas makes a mistake or something like that, is it not too much of a, a risk to bring Hendo in? You know, a opposition think risk. Well, what if he makes a blunder? Like Navas is playing so well and he's got the well, momentum. So, so was that
3: this before he got injured?
1: Yeah, true. But now we've got this guy playing equally as good as him. I just think you don't rock it. And if we sign him in the summer, I would be absolutely delighted. But at the minute, we're we're picking up points.
3: Okay. Okay, great. So, all right. So, do you think that Forest are the only show in town for Dean Henderson?
1: No, no. So, right. I get that. And if that's the difference, you've
3: been outstanding. You've been injured. We bought a fella on a short term loan who's back off to Paris at the end of the season, but you're not going to play again unless he gets injured. But we'd like to sign you. Do you think Dean Henderson's going to yeah. say, yeah, come it- I'll come to Forest? Or is he going to go, well, I've I'm not, I'm not played there?
1: That's why it's, it's so neat. ridiculously hot. But he knows Navas isn't there next season.
3: Yeah but, you, you, yeah, but you've got to show him that come hell or yeah. high
1: water. Yeah, I get it. I, <laughs> he's the goal. I'm so I'm so glad I'm not making put. the decision. Yeah, I mean, you picked both,
3: me. pick both of them. picked both of
1: them. we might <ask> have <laughs> to. If another defender gets <laughs> injured, we might have yeah, to.
0: Yeah. to um, just on the goal itself, Greg, I know you wanted to talk, because Cooper said about um, mm. he thought Joe got a kick in the face. In, yeah, I've watched, you, watched it back on my phone, so I couldn't
1: really see it. Wait, is you there
0: can't, something there or
1: not? Worrell doesn't dive. He just doesn't. Something hit him in the face. There was a boot high and he got done. But he's too honest. That's the one thing. He's too honest. He's a big, hard central defender and he didn't go down. And then the ball comes straight to his face. He's still a bit dazed. And, you know, I don't want a 50 mile an hour ball hitting me in the face either. But there was definitely contact there. There was definitely a knock. And if he'd gone down, I think it would have been looked at. And it amazed me. It wasn't till after the Cooper interview, when you look back and you look back at match of the day and go, yeah, there, there was something. You see Worrell do that. Mm. And I think VAR should have looked at it and it didn't. And I think Cooper's interview even said they are going to make a complaint and ask them to, you know, ask the question, why not? So, yeah, in a mad way, there is something that could have been done about that goal. Worrell's... Too big, too hard, and didn't go down like most Premier League defenders do. And it was, it was a shame, but it, it didn't matter in the end, obviously.
0: No, I thought it was a tough one to overturn the way VAR is. I mean, you look at these handballs like the the one yesterday with West Ham again. VARs seem to have raised the bar suddenly mid-season for intervening, but without getting to another VAR debate. Um, Temps, you mentioned about you know the influence of Jack Colback and how well he played. I thought he was really good. But then the subs came on and did exactly what you want them to do, and they elevated the team. And we saw Forrest go into the game, like, uh, like Fletch said. Another, I suppose another nod to Cooper, but the impact of, like, I thought Mangala was really good, you? and we'll come on to Chris Wood and Nico Williams. Uh, we're really good as well. That's what you want to see, isn't it, from the subs?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Jack Colback, where does he ever let us down? There was a six-month period last year where we put him at left-back and he scored the goal of the season and was just absolutely rock-solid, dependable. And that's, that's what he is for me. He doesn't have bad games. He's always in nick. He's very tidy on the ball. But in a game like that, where we're going to be without the ball for long periods of time, he, he comes into his own. I thought him and Froiler in just screening the back four and trying to keep Man City at bay were were really, really effective. And yeah, these are great debates to have. We're talking about the nuances between two incredible keepers and all of a sudden we've we've got players that can come on from the bench and and make a material difference to the game. Nico, with his energy in particular, I've liked his um, cameos in in recent weeks. You can see how Cooper's still trying to make him a relevant uh, part of the side. I think um, Danilo has been a, a slight concern for Cooper. I think you can kind of see when, when he drags him, it's because of either a slight tiredness or um, becoming a little bit untidy. He's, he's given the ball away two or three times. But when he's at his best, his, his range of passing and, and his energy is truly excellent, just needs a little bit more time to integrate. But the, the, big, the big one for me, um, who we need to get nine, 90 minute fit as soon as we can, is John Joe Shelby. I just think his willingness to come and collect the ball, reminds me of Ben Watson three, four years ago, where almost everything went through him because he has the knack for making the right decision, knows when to play the ranging pass, knows when to play a wall pass, get it back, find more space and go again. And I, I think between now and end of the season, he could really grow into that role. I hope he remains fit. I hope he gets to the point where he can start and finish games, because whilst we're talking about the strength on the bench, I think 90 minutes out of John Joe Shelby makes us a far better side.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come on to Chris Wood obviously scoring the goal but it's, we should really focus on the quality of the goal for a while I know Forest fans are saying you know, if Man City scored that goal the world will be waxing lyrical but that's a different debate Fletch just the, the quality of the goal, the 19 passes the, the link between Brennan and Morgan that's really emerged there's so much to be you know positive about with that goal isn't there?
3: Yeah and, and I think as well it's not the kind of goal you see Manchester City concede is it either you don't tend to keep the ball for 19 passes against a team that are brilliant at getting the ball back. We always focus on what they do when they're in possession. But I don't think there's a better team in Europe at, at pressing you to get the ball back again and, and creating situations where you box yourself into a corner. The ability to do that and play through them in the manner that they did it is, is a sign of the confidence. I also think it was at a stage of the match where you could sense that something had changed. And, and Forest were prepared to get on the front foot and, and give it a try. Um, yeah, fantastic goal. And, and I think the Chris Wood situation, I was I was I was educated a little bit about Chris. I spoke to Sean Deitch at the, the game against Leeds. Sean was there having got the win against Everton and I said, tell me a bit about it, because we only take these players based on what we see with our own eyes for 90 minutes on a Saturday afternoon. We're not we're not on the training pitch, we don't know them. So we kind of look at them and then make our own assessment a lot of the time based on what they look like. So, Sean said to me, he said, he's not, the, he's not the player that you think he is by looking at him. He said, he's not a big, physical, horrible, run into central defenders, win every header kind of guy. He said, and we found that out at Burnley. He said, but what he is, he's got a remarkable knack of being in the opposition penalty area, finding the ball, finding the right position and nicking a goal. And he said that when, when, when we worked out what to do with him and how to use him, and that wasn't launching it down the middle of the pitch and getting him to flick everything on because that's not what he wants to do. But when we put him in a situation where we used him to his strengths, he became a very good player. And he said that when, he, when when Forrest work out how to use him properly, he will score goals here. He said he'll score goals anywhere. He's very good at that. But it's knowing what he is. So I think it's that even though he looks like he's going to be Duncan Ferguson, he's not he's going to be more of a finisher. He's probably going to score more goals like we saw um, against Manchester City at the weekend.
0: Mm, mm. But his link play as well, Greg, when he came on, you were in a different part of the ground to me, but he was right in front of me. Immediately, he looked right at it. And again, I think this comes back again to, like Fletcher's, we're all a bit guilty of judging someone, and certainly a bit quickly. And I think that's been the case with, with fans, you know, three games and he, he's written off in quite a few quarters. But, I'm really pleased for Chris Wood, and I hope this is a big lift for him, isn't it? Now to to go on and get the you know three or four
1: or five more goals, touch wood, before the end of the season. Yeah, and it, the way he reacted and the way Cooper reacted, it reminds you that they do hear what fans are saying and what fans are talking about down the pub or on Twitter or wherever. Because he look he looked almost angry, happy, <laughs> and after the game when he's he's applauding the fans, he's doing everything. I don't think Cooper realised he was doing that. And he pushed him towards the Clough stand and said, go and night, appreciate it. Go and show him that you are here. And it, it, was, it was a real moment for me that was that showed, it was almost saying to us a lot, we know a little bit better. <laughs> you know, this is the guy and this is why we bought him. Because, yeah, it was a bit crazy, you know, three loan games and it triggers the, But it just shows our Cooper was confident, saying, well, we want to buy him. If this is the only way to buy him, let it be. But he's got his three games in. He's our player now for next season. And just like Fletch said, he he might not be the guy we all expected him to be. And he's going to poach some very, very important goals. You know, that point, wherever it puts us in the table, it's going to put us that little bit higher. And in the Premier League, that might just be the 15 million paid for already.
0: Mm. And, Temps, what do you think about the terms of the deal? 15 million quid for, for um, I don't know, how old is it? 30, 31?
1: Plus, plus four as well. It's
2: a lot of money. I, I was surprised. I think that the, the reason Newcastle accepted the, the money was not because they didn't rate him as a player. It was probably more than they expected to achieve in that market. So, you know, rumoured 15 million quid plus 100k a week plus. Um, my reading of, of, of Chris Wood was he was dropped for a reason. And that was because he'd been ineffective in the three games that he played. And, uh, you know, Liam Cooper is a, an average Premier League centre-half, and he did dominate Chris Wood in the air. However, he comes on at the weekend, he makes a point of not only winning his first header, physically dominating his opponent, some decent link-up play, and then being where he needed to be, as, as, as Flex described from his chat with Daishi, just having that knack to be on the back stick, to make the goal wider, and to, to finish a, a really good move. So we still need to see more from him. He's clearly pumped. He clearly has had a conversation with Cooper and knows why he was left out the side. I thought we saw more physicality from him on Saturday than we had seen in the previous three performances. And I hope he kicks on now because the deal for me at the minute looks slightly expensive. But as, as, um, as Greg said there, if he finds his feet and we adapt to playing the way he needs us to play, he's proven to be an effective Premier League goal scorer. So the, the jury's still out for me at the minute. That was his best appearance of the four. The first three, not so hot, for all the reasons we discussed before. Acclimatisation, us adapting to him, him adapting to us. But he's just nicked his a point against Man City. And if he does that four, five, six more times between now and the end of the season, then he's paid us back in spades.
3: Well, I'd say, though, no, Tim, with regard to the price, and we had this conversation about Morgan Gibbs-White earlier in the summer. And I said to you then, you have to allow Steve Cooper to pay whatever he wants to pay. Because he's the player that he wants. and the money, Nobody's talking about the fee that Forrest paid for Morgan Gibbs White now, by the way. Nobody's gone. Never, he's not £42 million pound Morgan Gibbs-White anymore. He's Morgan Gibbs-White who Gareth Southgate's having a look at. So they were right in that regard. I think what it tells you, I don't think this is any reflection on Forrest, Newcastle or Chris Wood. I think it's a reflection of the dearth of centre-forwards available to any club in January. And anybody who got a spare one was going to get a little bit more than market value because nobody else could get one. And I think somebody would have would have taken Chris, he would have been he would have been away from Newcastle in January, he would have gone somewhere. But there just aren't players there to, to, to buy who are central strikers in the situation that Forrest are in. They just don't exist. So I think that they, they were a little they're, they're a little bit of victims of market forces that to get one in January, that's what you have to pay. And if you're not prepared to, you don't get one. So I, I, I think if, if this was a summer transfer, you would spend a lot more time working that deal out and and making it look better. There might be more backloaded money depending on performance, but the beggars can't be choosers in January. I think they they had to pay the price um, for that in in those circumstances.
2: That's mm. that's fair. I think we all expect him to show a little bit more, and I, and I think he will. He, yeah. he had a he had a, he had a tough welcome to the club. Right, they were they were really physical defences that he found himself up against, but. I'll say now, I think that I expect there is more come from Chris Wood.
3: Yeah, just on the price as well. The, the, the prime example is Darwin Nunez last January. Because he was £50 million to Tottenham at one stage. And then in January, he's £80 million to Liverpool. If you want him now, this is what he costs. If we get to the summer and we've got a few months to work it out, he's going to be cheaper. So I think all of them, whether they are absolute top-end central strikers or ones who are going to try and do a job for you the rest of the way, they come at a premium in the month of January compared to any other time of the year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to expand on Brennan and Morgan's role in the goal, but also in in the game and in general, Greg. I mean, Brennan was the consistent threat on, on the break with his pace. I thought City. Who who am I to question Pep Guardiola? But playing Bernardo Silva left back against Brennan was a was a, a bit risky, and I think it did cost them in the goal as they showed on match today. But Brennan's been been brilliant since the World Cup and to see that confidence for him to drift past I think it was Laporte to, to release uh, Morgan I mean, I know we said this before but they're the future of Forest. if we can keep them for another three or four years then we can have two top players on our hands
1: It's a shame only one of them gets the assist for Satney, because it was an unbelievable move and Brennan, his thought process now to almost do that little dummy pass which went to and he knew exactly where Gibbs-White was and I, I start to think now that pairing, them two together, no matter which team we're looking at, are two of the best in the league together as a pairing. The way they're linking up now, the amount of goals they're creating either for each other or for others, the raw pace of Johnson is just frightening. And his age now, his ceiling is just, you know, Wales are looking for their next superstar and it's, it's possibly going to be him, isn't it? It's so exciting to see. When those two link up, it was almost like Man City had forgot about them. They'd had that much of the ball, you know, we're passing it about all nice and calm. And then suddenly they just, you know, light a firework and off they go. And it was incredible. One of, one of the best moves them two together have made this season. And you just want to see more of it. And we are going to see more of it. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's that
0: injection of pace and quality and belief, isn't it, Fletch, that gives Forrest a chance in games.
3: It is. and it, I think the one thing that, that stood out like a beacon for me all season, even when he was settling in, was the energy that Morgan Gibbs-White shows, performance after performance. I think he's become Forrest's best player. And I think when your best player is also your hardest working player, it's a great message for everybody else. Somebody said to me, one of my mates in the season ticket, even when he goes to retrieve the ball for a throw-in, he sprints to get the ball. He gets it back in quickly. He wants to play fast. And that's infectious. So I think his whole attitude towards trying to become Forrest's talismanic figure has been exemplary. I'm a massive fan of Brennan Johnson. I think Brennan's got the world at his feet. I think he's young. I think if we sit here and assess him at 25, we'll be waxing lyrical about a very, very good footballer because he's got the work ethic. He's got a good family behind him. His dad's got experience of of doing what he's doing so he can guide him through the rougher waters. But I think whenever you come through the academy at Forest, you are an extremely resilient character. But they're like sponges because they're put into a situation from the age of nine where they're asked a lot of questions. A lot of things go against them. It's a difficult journey. I know this because my boy's doing it at the minute. So I I see it now firsthand. So I know the kind of people that are being produced from that system. So knowing the kind of characters that they are tells you that they will continue to get better and that they've got the right attitude towards the process that they're involved in now. I think Forrest's biggest concern, and Greg said, I hope, is that over the next 18 months, clubs are going to want to buy Brennan Johnson and clubs mm-hmm. are going to want to buy Morgan Gibbs' White. Morgan Gibbs' White gets into the England team and he continues to develop at the rate he is. What a footballer he's going to be. I mean, he's good now. But then straight away, you, you start to see... Is James Madison going to be a Leicester player by the start of next season? Is somebody going to come and buy him for a lot of money because of the development we've seen for him at Leicester? Those two players are going to be starting to get onto... Well, they're on the the big club's radars now. The clubs that want to pay top-back for players and put them in the Champions League and all that kind of thing. So, I think Forrest's big challenge, if they keep developing at the rate that they're developing at, is just being able to hang on to them and make sure that we do get to see the very best years of Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs-White in the Garibaldi. That's what we all want to see. Whether that's possible is going to be down to the owner, down to them, circumstances. So there's a lot in play here um, as to whether in two or three years' time we get to keep them or whether they're on to to big, big things.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't be surprised to see them signing improved contracts fairly soon if they carry on. on
3: Listen, I'd do it now. I Mm. would show... Definitely. I, would throw look now and mm. I would say to them, look, you are our future. You are our core. This entire team is going to be built around you. There's our loyalty to you. We're going to get you in and negotiate again. We're going to make sure you feel valued. And on the back of that, we want loyalty from you and we're going to do this together. And I think if you went about it that way, certainly in Brennan's case, because he's forest through and through, as you've just said, that would resonate a lot with him.
0: True, true. Uh, as Nick in the comments says, and Stephen as well, if you are enjoying this, do hit like and subscribe because it all helps. Uh, very much appreciated. Going back to the game, Temps, I think I said earlier, you need you need a bit of luck and Haaland's hitting the bar and blazing one over from six yards, probably cashed in some of that And because he doesn't do that often, obviously. And also, what was your take on the one where Haaland went down when he was in on goal with Worrell? Obviously, Peppel wasn't best pleased at that. Did Forrest get away with it there or not?
2: Haaland was wasteful, wasn't he? And uh, my, my my joke in the intro I was into, uh, with Franz Carr pre-match in uh, one of the lounges, and I, I said at five o'clock everybody here will be celebrating because Erling Haaland's about to score a hat-trick for your fantasy Premier League team. And <laughs> as, as it as it happened, it was, it was a wasteful performance. I think he's had all season. He dived. He felt the merest of touches from from Joe Worrell running across him, and he dived. He didn't have to because he was through one on one. That's a black mark against his name. He lost his composure when the ball hit the bar and came back down and he spooned it into the upper Bridgeford. Like completely uncharacteristic performance from Haaland on a day that was uncharacteristic for Man City. Because all of, every time Foden or Grealish um, got the ball and, and, and got at the fullback, if they weren't one-on-one, they just reset, patience, retain the ball, recycle, change the point of attack, go again. They got into our third time and time again. I think it was, was it 23 shots and 10 corners to our six and zero. So their, their build-up play was excellent. Where it went wrong was that, that lack of quality in the box. And there won't be too many people digesting the uh, Man City performances in the future, saying the reason they failed was, was because Erling Haaland couldn't finish. But that's what proved to be the case on, on Saturday. But you take advantage of moments like that. We were chatting in a similar way when Virgil van Dijk missed those chances for, for Liverpool against us and as a result of those games and the resilience and staying in it for as long as we can, we're able to, uh, to get that sucker punch in there and, and get the point that we needed. So, yeah, yeah. If, we were, if we were analysing from a Man City point of view, we'd be giving them a kick in this morning. We'd be absolutely caning four or five of those boys that didn't convert um, dominance into, into goals. And thankfully, here we are praising our team, who had, what, 30% possession... But there's only one stat that counts. Mm. Forest one, yeah. Man City one. Greg, just
3: before you come in on that, I mean I, I I would say as well that whenever you see Manchester City not win, that tends to be the script. I mean, any team that gets anything against them tends to be battered in some way, shape or form. I mean, it's very rare that you see someone have more possession than them or have more shots than them or that, that, that's just the way it is and you need that element of luck don't you to win and I don't think we should be embarrassed by that at the weekend everybody else who's dragged the points out of Manchester City or beaten them if you go and look at the statistics after the match you would say well, you took the score off and said we won that game then you tell say well Manchester City say, wow fact they but they, te- they do have these games every now and again so I, I don't think we should be embarrassed about that we should be chuckling about that True.
1: do you know what, what I'd say about it as well We didn't give them an ounce of respect. The fan, you know, Haaland, Grealish, De Bruyne, they used to go into these grounds and fans are taking photos of them and just lapping it all up. We didn't give them a minute. And it reminded me of when uh, we sold a Sombolonga to Borough, I think, and he came back to the city ground. And everyone's upset saying, oh, he's going to score, he's going to score. And we hounded him for 90 minutes and he lost his head. And it was like some of these Man City players. They just, they weren't used to it. And I really think we got to him. And you could see it. They did make mistakes. So, you know, I'm giving the crowd a lot of credit for that one and saying we got to them and it worked and it just shows what it can do. <laughs> Let us have it.
0: <laughs> I think I was in front of Greenish was in front of me where he didn't put the ball out and he was absolutely loving getting heckled,
1: actually. I thought he, <laughs> he reveled in it. But, yeah. He was I,
3: right. I, I think that was the best atmosphere of the year. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere.
1: Oh, anywhere. Wow.
3: I didn't think we'd get beyond West Ham at home. Because mm. that was like the big return. But Saturday was better than that. Better than Liverpool. Saturday was on, was on another level. And I've not I've not heard an atmosphere like that anywhere this season. Wherever I, wherever I've been, I've not heard that. I think the crowd on Saturday peaked, and I think the crowd on Saturday set the bar for everybody else around the country to follow. And I think that. The supporters in Nottingham are so special and the crowd, the relationship between club and fan is so special that you get days like that. And I, I think it's it's such a big thing for the players, for the manager, ownership. I mean, how can you not just fall in love with everything when you hear the crowd like that? And you were exactly right, Temps, when you said, we played a part in talking about yourself. We played a part in the manager's staying. Yes, of course you did. Mm-hmm. You're also playing a part in... Brennan Johnson developing. Joe Worrell having the confidence to play against Harden like he did at the weekend. When Ryan Yates hears that roar from the crowd and if Yates he scores, we're in the trend. He can hear that. Imagine how he feels. He gets 25% through his body that he never had before. And, and that is, that's so important. The manager pushing Chris Wood to the Brian Clough on, on Saturday. He's scored. He's heard it a bit. But now he knows what it's like when you're the hero of the day in there. And he wants more of that. It's infectious. And, and the crowd are sensational. Everywhere you go now, whenever I go out and you bump into someone, all they want to talk about is Forest. That's it. And I, I can't remember when it was last like that. Sometimes people want to talk about Forrest because they want the manager firing in the past. But I can't remember anywhere. when The first thing people say is, when you're back on the Gary Bode podcast, isn't it brilliant? Isn't this season great? And they can't digest enough. Forest, they can't digest enough forest, and it's these are these are amazing times to be a forest supporter and to be around this city where everybody seems to be as passionate as the person stood next to them, and it's almost like a, a competition on the terraces to be noisier than the bloke down there. I'm going to sing louder than her, and she's going to sing louder than him, and the little fella down there is going to sing louder than me, and everybody's like competing together, and it's wonderful. And you don't get it anywhere else. Newcastle was a good night. League Cup semi-final. That was fantastic. And that that's the only thing I think that's compared in any way, shape or form to what I heard at the weekend.
0: A uh, couple of contrasting points before we finish, just to touch on quickly. Uh, Attempts. I'll come to you first of all walking out the ground there's a few people saying oh what about that Southampton result what about that Bournemouth result I don't think Forest can think in those terms can they you've got a point against Man City you're on 25 points obviously it's brilliant if Southampton Bournemouth and Leeds keep losing
2: and Everton it's not going to happen is it doesn't matter points on the board we're we're sat there five points clear Uh, admittedly before the weekend we were six points clear but we're five points clear and the, these teams are not going to suddenly reel that in. Massive opportunity to put my, uh, put West Ham and make our get with West Ham irretrievable if we if we go there and do well. We've got to play Southampton again, who who for me um, will you know cannot sustain that, that level of performance on a, on a regular basis. Hence why they find themselves where they are. So we, we've we've in a little bit of a, a luxurious position now that we can focus inwardly, look at ourselves, not concern ourselves with what's going off at. St Mary's or Ellen or Road because for the time being, it doesn't matter and with the run of games we've got to come now, we can make that cushion even greater and I, I honestly believe we enter this, this period of matches now in the best possible position, the best possible mindset um, to, to to go on and collect more points. The only thing that's counting against us at this minute in time is the amount of boys that are on the physio table and that mm. is a concern. We got through mm. and escaped at the, at the weekend. Um and it's it's not too difficult to have a best guest at a Forest Eleven at this moment in time because we are slightly bereft of options. But while the eleven in, in possession of shirts play play like that, you're you're less concerned. We're not we're not calling out. We didn't particularly miss anyone who was unavailable to it because everybody else stepped up. I just hope we can manage the resources that we've got and not find anybody else unavailable for selection.
3: Somebody mm-hmm. far brighter than me the other day. And That's quite a long list, by the way. Somebody far brighter than me the other day said to me, "When you analyse the table, don't analyse the point." So at the minute, Forest are five clear of West Ham in 18. They said, "Analyze the number of teams below you." So Forest have got seven teams below them: Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leeds, and Southampton. For Forest to get relegated now, five of those teams have to have a better record than Forest between now and the end of the season. Five of them. It's not a points thing. It's the number of teams. If you're fourth bottom, five points is a factor. But Forest need Bournemouth, Everton, Wolves, Leicester and or West Ham, Leeds and Southampton to finish the season better than them to drop into the bottom three. So it's the number of teams between you and relegation that is more significant than the points. They've all got to be better than you. And that's a big ask if you look at the way that they've all played this year. You could see one or two of them kicking on. But to say that five of them have got to be better than Forrest, and in West Ham's case, they've got to be five points better than Forrest, that shows just how strong that position is that they're in. It's a stronger position because of the teams between you than it is the points. I think you could be nine points above the bottom three and fourth bottom and be more precarious than you are five points above it with seven teams below you because a lot more has got to happen to drag you in. That's the reason why people look at teams like Chelsea and Liverpool and say for Liverpool to get into the top four, they're eight. They need a few teams to drop off above them, not just one, and likewise with Chelsea. So I think when you look at it that way, Forest look even stronger in the position that they're in, because they've got so many teams below them that have got to be better
2: than them. They were clever
3: than me, weren't they? A lot cleverer than me. They, I never would
2: have thought that myself. Well, Flex, the bookies are brighter than all of us and they, they don't think we're going down. No, no. Just, every statistical insight available in the world, yeah. algorithms, running scenarios, past performance, and that that's a big indicator for me. There are far worse teams in this Premier League than Forest.
3: Hey, let me just tell you too, Rio Ferdinand has now admitted privately
2: He's made it publicly admitted now.
3: Privately, the best loss. He's not told me yet, but he's told someone who's told me. So Rio has now admitted privately that his race is run. I think he's considering some kind of early payout, which I'm happy to take, and I'll report that on the Gary Baldy Red Podcast when the, the, the money's been. In fact, I'll show you the, the, the used notes that I'm going to claim from. Rio, where I get the money, but he's already <laughs> privately he said I was wrong, Fletch was right, Forest to stay up, so there's the seal of approval. So that's all good.
0: It's good of you to offer him the cash out option, that's very generous.
3: <laughs> oh no, I've offered him an early payment, he's got to pay the full oh, out. okay. He's not getting
0: any <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> uh, Greg, a couple more quickly for you before we finish. Then, um, firstly, if REA injured, confident Nico Williams, I take it, and secondly quite the right now for a point at West Ham's be a brilliant result, haven't
1: they? Oh, absolutely. Nico can do 90 minutes. He's got the fitness and he, you know, with the way we played against Man City, it's been said quite a lot. That's how we should play away from home. I know it's against different teams, but if we play like that against West Ham, they're going to get so frustrated and they haven't got the quality city have got. So I can't wait for Saturday now. I really can't. It's a massive opportunity And usually I'm all about the three points, but a point is going to be so valuable. Just like Fletch said, those teams below us, if they can't catch us, that's it. So get a point against West Ham away and it is absolutely massive, huge result that would be. They
0: look like they don't quite know what they are this season. I mean, Fletch will have seen more of them. They look like they're trying to be a team that plays football and then when it comes to actually delivering that quality, they're not quite doing it, are they?
3: Matt, they can't score. They Hmm. just can't score signed Skamaka, hasn't done what he was supposed to do. Antonio dropped off a, off a cliff. Jared Bowens numbers are down. They can't score. Sochek, I mean, I, I, Thomas Sochek, if you remember when he came, he was a real threat from set pieces. He looked like the kind of player that might be eight to ten goals a season from there. His goals have, have completely gone. A lot of people talk about Declan Rice being 120 million quid's worth of footballer, but he doesn't score goals. So, You're looking and wonder where the goals are going to come from. And I think, as Greg says there, you can go to West Ham and you can frustrate them because they find chances difficult to generate anyway, never mind about being able to to, to snuff out of Manchester City. So, I've been waiting for them to pull away all season because they shouldn't be where they are. But they are now. And I I think they're going to be there the rest of the season. And I think it's going to be nip and tuck, whether West Ham stay in the Premier League or not. I think it's also nip and tuck as to whether David Moyes stays as the manager Mm. for the foreseeable future. I think they really are a team in in flux at the moment. I I think it's a great time to go and play West Ham. The pressure on those players in that stadium on Saturday is Mm. going to be intense. And and Forrest hopefully can can capitalise on that. Uh,
0: Clock's ticking, so I'll turn to any other business. I might co-opt Fletcher's any other business and ask him to talk about Lee Wood. Uh, I mean, obviously, disappointment for Lee. But I'm not a huge boxing fan, so you can talk a lot more about the quality. But in terms of doing a city and your family and yourself proud, I think it seems to me like Lee's got a lot of, you know, opportunities to have his head held high still today. Yeah, I
3: thought great stoppage by Ben Davison because he, he can go again. He's got the rematch clause, whether he takes that straight away or whether he lets Warrington fight Lara and he fights the winner. There's a big fight down the road for Lee. He did everything he could. He was ahead on points. He was boxing the perfect fight. But I'd said to a lot of people beforehand, Mauricio Lara is heavy handed and he's, he's, he, he throws a lot of punches and he was always going to have a spell in the fight at some stage where he was in control of it and it was whether Lee could take the punishment and he hits like a train and, and you can't throw a left hook sweeter than that um, and, but I thought Lee did the city ground and again what an atmosphere in there I mean everybody just like decamped from the city ground. Sung the same songs again. Mullerkin Tyre went off when he came down the, the, the runway. And what was great as well, the Forest team were there on, on Saturday night as a team. So all of them had gone. They were all there cheering Lee on, which was fantastic. It's a it's a, a great connection between all the sports clubs in Nottingham at the minute. The Forest lads were at the cricket at the back end of last season. The cricket lads as, as Thames knows are at the are at the football. They're all there supporting Lee. Lee's always at the city ground watching the team. Special times this. The relationship between all the sporting clubs at the minute is very strong. The people in Nottingham support everybody in the city. We're proud of everybody. And Lee was an extension of that on Saturday night. It was wonderful to be there. It's just a shame he didn't win. Uh
0: wouldn't be a normal podcast like Greg just disappearing for no apparent reason in the midstream.
1: <laughs> Greg I think, you, I think it's you. I think you knock me off when you succeed. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, I'm so glad you spoke about Lee Wood. He's just such an ambassador for this city and a massive forest fan. And we want to see that fight at the city ground. And Saturday night hasn't done any, any damage to that dream in my eyes. Um, but any other business? I, I just want to keep talking about forest. This morning, <laughs> <laughs> this morning, walking the dog, first person I see running in his forest gear, second person I see, lady with a forest hat on, and it's just the entire city. When I grew up, half the kids were Man United fans, Liverpool fans. My nephews now, all their mates are Forest fans. They've just captured the whole city and it's just beautiful. Uh, and my last thing was just Jack Grealish's socks. They really did my head in. I think it's a bit of a lack of respect as well. Like, <laughs> you know, I just think you've got a kit, you've got to wear it properly and... How they think they get away with it. I was so glad they didn't get it. I, I don't even think they were the same colour as everyone else's. He's I, showing off the car. Yeah, no. How bigger is it? It's like shin pads. It's just ridiculous. But, yeah, that's it from me. I've just loved it. It's so nice on a Monday morning to feel like this because everyone's got so much rubbish going on. You see it, you know, health, mental, the, the lot. And what this club does for you on a Monday morning when you're walking around, going into work, speaking to your mates and... It's just brilliant. It's just a beautiful time to live here at the minute.
0: <laughs> Anything yeah. from you, times Fletch... <laughs> yeah. before Fletch breaks his iPad?
2: Yeah, quickly. It so, fell. first of all first of all if I had cars like that I'd be wearing ankle socks as well I think we, we can all appreciate that 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 boy has got has got decent cars on him so I'll, I'll take Greg on on that second one if you're going to spend 30 quid on an on-air sign at least make sure your broadband's good enough to stay on air so I think Greg, Greg needs to speak to his uh, ISP before he uh, spends all his dollar on neon
1: that's my uh, nephew's
2: birthday present for me no it's not the sign they're mocking it's your
0: it's your Wi-Fi.
2: Well, I'll the speak the, to the, the team Nottingham thing absolutely brilliant. I love the fact that there's a like a camaraderie between the boxers, the cricketers, the footballers. Mm. Um, yeah, you I know, saw so Fletcher was there at the weekend. It, it was it was brilliant. It was just great to walk around the arena later on to have that that commonality of talking about a Forest, what they've done. Fantastic, absolutely love it. Finally, West Ham. I worked for uh, at the London Stadium for two years. It's a loud place. Okay, it's not a perfect football ground because of the athletics track and, and everything else, but. They turn on their own team when it's not going well. And I just think if we can get there, blast out the traps, show a flash of what we can do, what we've been in the last few weeks, particularly since the World Cup break, there's nothing to stop us going there and getting points. And I think we will set up in a slightly different way to to that which we did against Man City because we'll feel confident in having more ball and creating more problems for them and giving them even less respect because they're a team that's having real struggles of their own. So that's the key for me. Make an impact early on. Show them that we're there to play, there to win. And let's see if uh, if we can get ourselves even further away from that bottom three. Because me personally, at the minute, I've got no worries whatsoever. I think we've got more than enough in this squad to survive in the Premier League. And that's that's what I expect us to do. But
0: well, here's mine. So I talk about my day briefly on, on Saturday. I mean, Fletch will know this. Like, when you work at games, we're very privileged and very lucky. But you're there to kind of observe and capture the emotion. And when you go as a fan, you're much more part of it. So I went as a fan on Saturday and I haven't been as a fan for quite a while sitting on the Premier League. So I had a great day. I went to the Forza thing with Greg and met the whole Mitchell family, apart from Grant and Phil, I think. So that was really <laughs> good. Uh, people coming up to us, shaking our hands who we haven't met before, Greg, and that's nice. So appreciate that. Great time at the game with Mikey's friends and family and wife. Great company. Love that. And then the best bit was going to the pub afterwards, the Trent Nav and meeting your mates, Greg, and I'd never met them before. And just talking to people, and you know, like you discussed that, how great it is to be a Forest fan. And I really enjoyed meeting people, even the Man City fan who thought I was the bloke who plays five a side in the Thursday. <laughs> and but I had a great time. And I think that's the best thing about being a football fan. You know, what it does to you mentally and emotionally and being a part of that kind of. I thought I had a brilliant day and I just want to thank everyone who I met on on, on Saturday. So thank you very much, everyone.
3: Hey, let me let me come in there as well because he's gone Billy big time now as well because there was a fella posted something on Twitter the other day and he's picture taken with Matt and he, he really wanted to meet Matt and he was buzzing off the Gary Volley podcast. He's gone all oh, Billy big time on us now. He's got his pictures done outside the ground and everything now, Matt. He you said Matt there, did you? He, hey. says he
1: was with me pre-match, but he was just talking to fans all the time. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> A lot of love
3: for Mr. Davis around the city ground. At the middle, Deservedly. Like. I'm a big, I'll big, yeah. it. I'm a I'll
0: big fan take. of that. <laughs> right, I think we'll leave it there. So many comments today. I think it was like hundreds and hundreds. I couldn't keep up with them, but thanks very much for everyone who commented. It's all appreciated as ever. And like I say, do like and subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes, etc., etc. I'm on half term all week, so no Thursday podcast, unfortunately, but we'll be back on Monday. Uh, Greg, thank
1: you very much. No, cheers. Really enjoyed it
0: temps thank you very much see you soon fellas thank you fletch thank you very much
1: top man thank you
0: yeah enjoyed it i'll try not to get too billy big time in the, in the <laughs> next week my kids will keep me grounded by abuse <laughs> me for a whole week uh, so have a good week everyone and we shall see you soon